Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about perennial herbs or year-round herbs, herbs that just stay in the ground all year round. Now, this week, we're talking about annual herbs, the other kind of herbs that I assume don't stay in the ground all year round. We don't need to bang on again about how bloody fantastic growing your own herbs is. It saves money, it saves waste, it saves transport on moving your herbs around. And there's no doubt that herbs are the best addition to any meal. But unlike our year-round herbs, here we're going hard and fast and we're getting out of there. So Elise, let's start with a list here. What kind of herbs are we talking about? We are talking about basil, coriander, parsley and dill. These are our classic annual herbs. And actually, before this episode, I was trying to think, you know, we don't want to say annual herbs, so what are we going to call these? And I so love the stay in the ground all year-round perennials. I had written down hard and fast herbs too. So I think <laughs> I think we may be on to something here. Renaming annual herbs, the hard and fast quad, basil, coriander, parsley and dill. Love it. Are they all springtime herbs? Well, actually, basil and dill, yes, but coriander and parsley can handle the cold weather. So we can grow them through winter as well. So I'll go into that in a bit more detail later on. But actually, at the moment being spring, we can grow all four should we want to. So I'm interested in parsley because I have a little parsley in a pot that's been there for probably about a year now. Oh, you're touching on the one thing that I was like, do I mention this? Do I not mention this? <laughs> Parsley is a very strange plant called a biennial. Biennial, biennial. So it's not an annual in the true sense, like a tomato or a zucchini or a bean, but it's also not a perennial like your rosemary. It's kind of in between and will go for up to two years. Ah. So as long as that parsley is happy and hasn't gone to seed and is doing its thing, great leave it in for as long as you can but it won't go forever okay and once it goes to seed that's it we're done get it out yeah exactly okay because once it goes to seed the plant is going to put all its energy into seeds and you're not going to have any leaves left so obviously with parsley it's the leaves that we want so mm. as soon as the plant's not producing leaves anymore it's you know from a from a culinary perspective not that helpful to us from a beneficial insects from food for bees you know there's other benefits to the seeds but probably from what we're talking about it's it's not useful anymore mm. and if space is premium for you then time to move on absolutely now i don't love growing these uh, hard and fast herbs as much as i love our stay in the ground all year round because it is a bit more effort we are having to plant them every six months or every year to keep the harvest up. It's exactly like the beans, the zucchinis, the pumpkins, the tomatoes. We put them in, they go great guns, they give us a good harvest, but then they're going to die and we're back to square one again. The only reason that, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I think they're worth persisting with, even from a beginner gardener, is they're actually very easy to grow. They're easy to grow from seed They're very quick to establish, so they're actually going to grow a lot faster than your 
bush of rosemary or your bush of sage will, again, with that hard and fast term. And also, I just love parsley. That would be my favorite herb. So I will persist (laughs) with it purely because I want to eat it. And basil is one of those ones that really doesn't keep very well. I find once you buy it so no to be able to just get some from the garden I feel like every dish almost can just do with some some fresh parsley so I have some little basil seeds in my greenhouse at the oh, moment excellent have they come up as in they've now germinated in their little seedlings they have fabulous and truth be told and we can get I don't want to divert on this conversation for this week's topic but I'm having a little bit of mixed results with growing from seed in my greenhouse but basil is one of the ones that is all of the seeds that the little pots that I put them in, mm. um, they've all germinated. That's fantastic. And I'm not surprised to hear that because herbs are, as I said, really easy from seeds. So if there was something to try, I would say go with, you know, the parsley, the dill, the basil. But at the same time, they are readily available in nurseries quite cheap. So even if you still aren't enthusiastic about the seeds, they're very easy to come by in both options so to speak Mm. so I feel like everyone can kind of give this a go but yeah I'm not surprised that the germination went well the key with something like basil is it needs warmth so by you doing it in spring in that greenhouse it's just given it that little warm happy environment and you know the results show because you've got 100% germination pretty much Mm. so you've got you pick your herb out of the four And then you'll either start it from seeds like you have or you'll buy a seedling and then you're going to plant it out. You can actually, especially with these herbs, if you had a pot that you were going to grow your basil in or your parsley in, you can just seed it in the pot. So fill your pot with soil, make a few little holes, chuck some seeds in, and then you're just raising it in situ. So what's called Mm. direct sowing. You don't have to have it in the greenhouse situation separately. I mean, there's pros and cons for this, which we've discussed in great detail in our container sowing versus direct growing episode. But herbs are one of the ones that will be quite happy direct sown, whereas some plants are a bit more fussy and don't like the direct sow as much. Okay. So however you get to a seedling, you've got a seedling, where are you going to plant it? These herbs all are quite happy in pots. So if pots are your thing, that's brilliant. Kind of tuck them in different spots in the garden. I've also had success growing all of these inside on a sunny windowsill. Ah. So that was a question you asked in the uh, year-round herbs episode and I kind of diverted from it because I don't think the year-round herbs do that well inside. But basil, parsley, coriander, dill, all of them, yeah, I've grown on. It has to be quite a sunny windowsill, like... You need some decent morning sun or afternoon sun on that windowsill, but you can absolutely do it. So even if you're in an apartment, even if you don't have a single outdoor area, this would be something edible that you can grow yourself. And what about directly into the garden bed? Mm, Excellent question. Some people will do a dedicated herb bed in their garden. I'm not so much a fan of that. I mean, if you want to do that, go for gold. But what I usually do is I spread my annual herbs out throughout the veggie patch and I kind of tuck them in corners where I've got other things in the garden bed as well. So right now I've got uh, a lot of my garden beds are 2.4 metres by 1.2 metres. And in that I've got four tomato plants. 
and they're kind of on the diagonal throughout the bed. And what I'll do is kind of in the pockets in between those tomato plants, I'll dot some basil around or I'll dot some parsley around. So there's kind of always corners or dead space in your veggie beds. And because the herbs are quite small, they are kind of happy just dotted in the corner. They're not as fussy as some of our other plants. Mm. The other good thing about that is herbs make excellent companion plants. Now, this is not something we've talked about on the podcast, but I think it will deserve its own episode in the future. But what this principle is in gardening is different plants work really well planted together because some pests are put off by certain plants and some beneficial insects are attracted by certain plants. So by pairing plants together that work in synergy in this way, it's a natural form of pest control. Mm. With tomatoes, some of the pests that are attracted to tomatoes and may cause us problems in the garden are repelled by basil. I was going to say, I've heard mm. that tomato and basil are best friends in the garden. They are, and it's probably most the most iconic duo in the garden, for want of a better <laughs> term, because they are, you know, there's the synergy in the kitchen with tomato and basil. I mean, they're often paired together. And there's also that same synergy extends into the garden. And actually, there's a lot of companion planting combos that surprisingly are culinary combos as well. It seems to... They're lifelong friends. <laughs> they are lifelong friends. So by putting the basil in between my tomato plants, I'm saving space and we're all about, you know, making the most of the space we've got. And my tomatoes are actually going to benefit from having the basil there the other thing is often with these companion planting combos the soil or the conditions that one plant likes the other plant likes so basil and tomato both like full sun really moist soil so by keeping them together it means that they're both going to be happy campers in the garden so that's what i usually do with these type of annual herbs when we're planting the the companion plants, so in this case the basil with the tomato, do we need to think about sunlight and potential? Obviously, a tomato plant's heaps bigger than the basil plant, casting shade over the basil if mm. they both like direct sun, or is it not really that big a deal? It is. It, no, it definitely is a deal in the start, but kind of by the time that the tomato plant has turned into that monster, the basil is already quite established. And mm, at that okay. point, it's usually also the height of summer and the basil's kind of happy with a bit of shade from the tomato at that mm-hmm. point. But when they're young, it is important for the basil to get a decent amount of sun. So if you planted, if you tried planting the basil midsummer when the tomatoes are already huge, you're absolutely right. The shade factor would kill the system. Mm. So you have to kind of time it right. But that it, it kind of works naturally in the sense that spring is the time to plant your basil and spring is the time to plant your tomatoes. So you will naturally probably time these at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. So with the companion planting, just Google, you can Google lists and charts of you know what's good together and there are a few combos that actually aren't good together not many I mean I don't think it's like a make or break ruin your veggie garden situation but a lot of the companion planting combos involve herbs so it is a decent thing to check out when you're thinking oh where am I gonna fit that dill plant or whatever it is 
So talking about the two and their need for warmth, as I said, Basil and Dill need the warm weather. These guys are in exactly the same family as our beans, our pumpkins, our watermelon. They're going to get planted in spring. They're going to go hard and fast with the warm weather and then they're going to die off over winter. So if you love basil, great, but really we should only be eating it throughout the warmer seasons. So now, if you're listening to this when we've dropped this episode, is the time to plant them if you haven't already. Mm. The other thing about growing your own from seed or even from a seedling is you can actually get a lot more varieties than what we see in the supermarket. So what you see in a market or a supermarket will often be sweet basil. That's the one we all know and love, but there's actually heaps and heaps of types, including purple basils. Can't even think of any more off the top of my head, but there are there are quite a few varieties. But if it's the classic basil you're after, that's known as the sweet basil. Hmm. So the coriander and parsley, you can absolutely grow them now, as I said at the start of the episode, but I tend to think of them more as my winter herbs. The reason this is, is... They don't love really hot weather. What they often do when the weather's really hot is they go to seed. They bolt. So we've talked Mm. about this when we've talked about rocket and we've talked about this when growing radishes, that these plants, as soon as the weather gets super hot, they get stressed. And when they get stressed, they know it's time to reproduce and they reproduce through seeds. So they make seeds. They don't make leaves, which is what we want. So I find coriander and parsley are actually better planted in autumn and then enjoyed over the winter months. Ah, interesting. And a sunny spot again for those two in winter. And a sunny spot in winter, yes. And when I say in winter, when you come out of winter, like spring, they'll still be happily in the ground now. So you can get quite a long harvest from those herbs coriander will once it hits summer it will bolt it will go to seed it's notorious Mm. for it so you're going to lose it then but the parsley as you've seen and you've experienced you might actually be able to get it through the whole of summer and into next winter to get an you know an even longer harvest so if you love coriander and parsley and you're desperate for some sure grow some in summer but you're just not going to be harvesting it for anywhere near as long as if you had have grown it in autumn Mm. And if you are putting it in the ground now, would you say a a less sunny spot for those two? Or is it kind of like, if it's a hot day, it's a hot day, too bad? Yeah, good question. No, I think the coriander, if you were doing it now, some afternoon shade on Mm. both of them actually would be beneficial. Yeah, that's a good point. In winter, I'd go absolute, like autumn to winter harvest, absolute full sun. But you're right at the moment, they could do with a bit of shade. Which is, if you had pots great because you can just move them around exactly exactly and it's the afternoon sun that's the harshest on plants so if you're kind of wanting to protect a plant from that heat and from that sun give them the morning sun but restrict their afternoon sun so when the plant gets to the end of its life and goes to seed we mentioned this earlier that there's not going to be leaves so from a from an eating perspective it's good to get the plant out but we may be stepping into the intermediate gardenary gardening situation here, but hear me out. So when it goes to seed, it will make seed. And if you leave that plant in the ground for its full seed cycle, it will then drop those seeds and they'll scatter throughout your veggie patch, right? 
because this is how the plant naturally does it. It drops Mm. the seeds and then it dies. If you let the plant do that, next year your garden beds, your garden is actually full of seeds of parsley and coriander and basil. So what you'll find next spring is you're going to have weeds, and I'm using that term in inverted commas, popping up all over your garden where you haven't planted them. But these weeds are actually herbs. So you might find that you actually don't need to continue intentionally planting and growing these herbs because they're naturally going to come up. And things like a pumpkin, if you sprinkled pumpkin seeds all through the garden, that would naturally come up too. But you (laughs) you don't really want pumpkins just popping up everywhere because they're big and they're hard to manage and they need certain conditions but something like a bit of basil like if you've got a garden bed with veggies in it and a little basil pops up in the corner you're quite happy to let it stay there and Mm. do its thing so it's kind of the theory of like you're always going to have weeds in the garden so if you manage them to be things you actually can happily live with and I could happily live with some basil and parsley popping up all over the place so by letting them go to seed you're encouraging that cycle now if you are an anal retentive organized gardener who wants your garden beds and your garden to look meticulous at all times and the thought of random plants Mm. popping up doesn't suit you (laughs) if that's you then don't let them go to seed but if you're happy for a bit more of a rustic situation and you might find you know, some parsley growing in, like in your garden test where you've got your natives, if you did this approach with the seeds, you might find there's some parsley popping up in between your billy buttons, which, you know, you may like. It's it's kind of like a less effort way of gardening. And I think mm. herbs are probably, herbs and edible flowers are the only things that I intentionally let go to seed for this reason, because I'm quite happy for them to pop up all over the shop. Mm. But food for thought. Excuse the pun. (laughs) So what else do we need to be thinking about in terms of ongoing care for our herbs? Nothing really. Like they're they're quite uh, self-sufficient and hardy once they're going. Of course, it always comes down to the water. If they're in raised garden beds or, you know, garden beds generally, this isn't going to be a problem because you're going to be watering, you know, your tomatoes plenty and then your basil is going to get plenty of moisture in that sound like a broken record but if they're in pots you do need to keep the water up to them Mm -hmm. that's really the only thing you could do wrong Mm -hmm. they're almost completely resistant of any pests so you don't have to worry about that if you wanted to give them a water with a liquid fertilizer or your worm tea that would be brilliant they would love Mm -hmm. that and they'd grow harder and faster and you'd get more herbs quicker but that's about all we can do or we can expect or we need to do That's amazing. So given that they're hard and fast herbs and we know that they're not going to be in the ground all year round, do you have any tips and tricks for kind of once they're out of the ground storage of them or things that we can do so that we do continue to eat basil when it gets to winter? Yes, absolutely. The joy of harvesting the herbs as you need them from your garden is you don't have to worry about the summer storage. But should you ever be storing herbs in the fridge kind of short term, so like a week, they're best in a plastic container with a tiny amount of airflow. So don't put them just in the veggie drawer on their own. Actually put them in a sealed container because that creates a bit more humidity. And the containers that have... They're like the bottoms of them aren't flat. They're like wavy 
are actually best because then any moisture will sit in the wavy bottom and won't be touching the oh. herbs directly. Does that make sense? I can't. I can understand the theory, but I can't picture this wavy herb bottom <laughs> Tupperware container. It actually is. I mean, without dropping brand names, it actually is made by Tupperware. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> and it's very effective. So look. But that, you can take that theory and use it with any container that you've got at home. Absolutely. We just want to raise the herbs off. Off the bottom. Mm. Exactly. You can even get like little racks, like tiny little plastic racks that sometimes sit in the bottom of plastic containers just as a raise up. This is absolutely not the answer to your question, but (laughs) if story them during summer, I thought that was useful. With the winter storage, I think your best friend here is pesto. Mm. So at the end of summer, sorry, at the end of autumn, you're going to have a massive amount of basil that you're going to want to use up because you can't leave it in the garden forever because, as I said, it's going to die over winter. So making some big batches of basil pesto I think is an excellent way of getting through a lot of it and then being able to kind of add that pesto, that basil flavour to dishes moving forward. Mm. Or the easier way is you take your herbs and you puree them or chop them, get an ice cream, ice cube, ice cube container (laughs) and then fill the different ice cubes with your pureed or your chopped up herbs, then fill them with oil and then put it in the freezer. Mm. Then when you need to make, say you're making a pasta in the middle of winter and you want to stir some basil through, you just pop out a few of these basil cubes and then as the oil melts through your dish and, you know, what dish isn't good with a bit of oil on it or your salad or whatever, then the basil will also kind of melt and go, go through your dish. So that's a good way of kind of storing them and getting the flavour throughout mm. the year in the cooler months. Do you blend them up with oil in the blender as well or just herbs in the blender by themselves? Yeah, good question. If I'm doing it in the blender, I absolutely do it with the oil. So I puree okay. them up together. Yeah, if I'm hand and if chopping. you don't have a blender, yeah, just chop it up? Just chop it up and then okay. top up with oil. Yeah. The blender is going to do a better job because you're going to get more bang for your buck as far as more herb in the ice cream cube. And I think that's easier. But without ice the Ice cream blender- cube, just an ice block. <laughs> Why have I got the ice cream on my mind? Um, yeah, just the ice cube, people. Uh, but look, failing the blender, a, a really good hand chop is going to do a brilliant job also. On freezer space being premium, can you pop all your cubes out and then keep them in a plastic bag? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And in fact, that's actually a better option because what you notice with a freezer is over time flavours transfer around the joint and if you've got something in an ice cube tray and you leave it there for months, that basil flavour and that basil oil is kind of free to roam throughout your freezer, which we don't really want. And we also don't want other things in your freezer impacting on your herbs. So anytime you freeze something in a tray or in an ice cream mould, whatever it is, and I'm saying ice cream mould intentionally this time because <laughs> there's something I sell, but whenever you freeze anything in, in a mould, what you then want to do if you're not going to consume it straight away, is pop it out into a sealed plastic container or a sealed Ziploc bag. And that's going to keep the flavours where we want them, not kind of mingling throughout our freezer. So yes, Mm. you're you're exactly right. You would not want to leave the herbs in the ice cube tray for the the next three months. And we're talking about 
basil specifically now, but all good for coriander and dill and parsley to do cubes as well in the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I've focused on the basil because it's my favourite. But, yes, you can do all <laughs> them, <laughs> do it through them all the same way. And, of course, you could do a mix of them. I find keeping them individual is easier because I might not want – coriander in my parsley for example oh, coriander mm. <laughs> coriander in my pasta so <laughs> i i keep them separate but you can absolutely just mix them all together and then you've kind of got some herby concoction to add when you need lastly is there anything that you can say about drying herbs or do you really reckon that the freezing them in the ice cubes is the best way to go I think with these soft herbs that are the annual hard and fast herbs i don't think any of them dry that well I think the drying is more suited to the perennial woody herbs so you mm, think about okay. like a sprig of rosemary or sage it's and a thyme even like they're quite woody and yeah they just tend better I think for drying in both the ability to dry them and then their future use so I would say woody herbs dry soft herbs freeze blend them up pop in the freezer Exactly. Fabulous. So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon. High effort, but not much reward. Tess, tell me, when it comes to these hard and fast herbs, is the juice worth the squeeze? And which one of them will you be planting this spring? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, because I can tell you what I won't be planting. I won't be planting dill because I, I hate dill. For dill, dill for me is... An absolute wooden spoon. (laughs) (laughs) I love dill. I can't believe we've had this whole chat and you've just kept your secret hatred for dill private. It it ruins anything it touches. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, this is good. Okay, so I'm putting dill in the wooden spoon category because it's too much effort for an awful, awful taste. Uh, Everything else, parsley... Oh, parsley, particularly about parsley, what's great about it is that you can get two years out of it. That's that's really good. So for parsley, coriander and basil, they're all best on ground for me. Effort, effort's low. They seem to be pretty low maintenance once you get them in. I really like that you can just pop them round your other kind of more big ticket item plants. They're kind of just you're filling space with them. And I really, really like this conversation we've just had now about prolonging having them in your kitchen by freezing them over winter. How good's that? Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, when you start growing them, the amount of basil you're going to have is going to be a lot. So you think about how much you would spend buying it throughout the season and then you've got no, no access to it over winter. And now you can have it throughout all of summer and then have this glut at the end that you need to freeze so much of it. I mean, it's even got the economic benefits to it. Mm. I would say out of the four that we've discussed there are actually other annual herbs but they're less popular for consuming so i didn't bother mentioning them i would say dill and basil are slightly fussier than your coriander and parsley 
And I would say coriander, again, has that problem of really hating the heat and bolting. Parsley is absolutely going to be best on ground number one. If there was only one of these someone was going to grow, I would say parsley. Not not only because, as you correctly pointed out, it will last in the ground for an extra amount of time, but I just find it's just so ridiculously hardy and easy. You'd be hard-pressed to kill a parsley plant. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess, artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at rootingforyoupod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.